Hello, and welcome to Heidi's Lemonade Stand, where we talk to real people who have overcome real challenges and are making our world better because of it. They have taken life's lemons and are making lemonade. Thank you for joining me. Hi, Rachel. Welcome to Heidi's Lemonade Stand. I'm so looking forward to getting to know you, and I can't wait to hear your story. So start out by telling me just a couple of things about yourself. Hi, yes. Thank you so much for having me, Heidi. It's I'm, I'm honored. I love everything that you do. This is great. Uh, my name is Rachel Betterly, and I am a visual arts educator, and I've been teaching for about a decade now. And uh, I kind of dabble in a lot of different things. I, I love uh, working on the pottery wheel. I love traveling. I once lived in a small country of Slovenia at one point and was teaching internationally. And so art is just rooted in pretty much everything that I do. Oh, I love that. I've been to Slovenia too. So that's awesome. Small world. Yes. Yeah. I know exactly where that is. That's awesome. Well, you got to take me back then. And maybe it's about the art interest, but tell me, tell me your lemon to lemonade story. What happened to you? Yes. So, okay. So with education, with teaching, I think about the things that I really enjoy, right? One of my favorite things to teach is the pottery wheel with students. I teach in a very small school, very rural school, actually right along the Nut Lake Reservation. About 30% of my students are Anishinaabe. And so the pottery wheel is really great. Every year we make hundreds of bowls for my annual uh, empty bowl food shelf fundraiser and just get students involved with their community and using their talents for good. And I think about how that's the fun side of art. That's that's the side where we see the community smiling. We see youth enjoying the process of creating, getting messy. But art has always been something that is so much deeper for me. And it's something that I've really felt connected to ever since I was a child. And so with my story, it really starts when I was young and this could trigger some people. So I, I will want to say this is a little bit of a trigger warning, but when I was younger, I was a victim of child sexual abuse. And so for me, when you're around that, that's young time between for me, the ages of seven and nine, you really don't know how to speak up and you don't necessarily know what is wrong or what's happening to you is wrong or having the person who is also doing this to you, you don't want them to necessarily get in trouble. And so for me, there's a lot of feelings I didn't know what to do. And so I never spoke up about it. I kept it to my, to my grave. But one thing that I did do was find a lot of, uh, solace and healing in uh, my sketchbook, in drawing. And I think back, it makes me think back to when I was in my room and having that sketchbook. And I didn't know it at the time, but it was the one thing that never judged me. It was always there for me. And it was the place where I felt like I could truly thrive when I was drawing. And I felt like I was being my most authentic self. And it's kind of through all that where I manifested this, this role of becoming the art teacher that I am today. And I didn't know it at the time that, oh, that's why I ultimately became an art teacher. 
I just found out that out very, very recently that, well, that's the root of who I am and what makes me Mrs. Betterly and, and why I want to help so many kids in need. Wow. Wow. What a it's solution. A yeah. No, I just think this is a, a beautiful gift you're giving with something so traumatic that you went through. And so you yeah. can, you can support kids through art to also be able to express themselves. Absolutely. And so that is really the root of what I do in my classroom. I think when you think of an art teacher, you have in your head this idea of, of this quirky art teacher that makes you do these certain things and makes you draw a certain way. And we're, we're all painting these um, circles and still lifes together. Not that still lifes don't have their place in the world of art. They're great. But for me, it really is about manifesting this art therapy approach to education. And that's really the heart of my philosophies and what I bring into the classroom. And I make the students dig pretty deep. And so I have a very open-ended approach. So I might prompt students with a question where my question might be, what is your view on mental health? And I give them a question, a random question about society or something to make them think about their identity. And the students have to answer that question through their art somehow in some way and for the older this is mostly for the older students for the younger you, you can't go quite as deep but for that high school level which I do teach uh, with that you really get them to stop and think about well what do I want to say what do I have to say students think oh people need to know my opinion on things and so at first it's very scary for them if they've never done it because they have to get very vulnerable. And so I have to kind of push them a little bit in the beginning, but by the time they're at the end of the, the curriculum, I give them a question or if I say, hey, what do you wanna do for your idea, for your art? They're just throwing out ideas left and right. And they're saying, oh, I wanna use mixed media. I wanna use crushed glass. And then I wanna paint on top of it. And so they're layering, they're scaffolding their thought process uh, with with their creative process as well. And I think that it stems from this idea of getting them to be raw and vulnerable and knowing that their art doesn't need to compare to each other because they're all going to be so different. So Johnny over there could be working with uh, color pencils and mixed media and Sally Q could be working on a digital art or photography with a combination of acrylic paint. Once they learn to trust the process, it's a really beautiful journey in, in their artistry. I think that would be amazing to watch these kids thrive like that and be independent in what they're going to do and be able to voice themselves in an artistic way. I just think you're giving them such an amazing outlet to be able to be themselves and really learn what they like and what's important to them and how to answer these questions that you're asking. I think that's great. Yeah, and that's, that is the beauty of what art can provide. So these students, these youth don't even realize that they're healing per se. It's not necessarily screaming in their face, but right. they're realizing 
wow, I feel so much more comfortable in my skin, or I've never thought about what happened to me when I was the age of seven, because we don't, at the end of the day, we don't know all of walks of life of what these youth are facing. And I know I have students that come from uh, struggling home lives, whether it's financial issues, whether it's mental health, uh, neglect, abuse, uh, whatever it is it's all going to be a different journey for them. And it's not necessarily every student, but typically, I don't know if people realize this, but typically those really creative kids are the ones who have dealt with so much and they make some of the best art because it's so raw. And when kids get so raw and vulnerable, with their emotions and they trust the process and put that out there for the world. That's scary for them, but they also find so much empowerment. We've been able to uh, win in state competitions as a result. So I teach at a public school. We get to have the Minnesota, in Minnesota, the Minnesota State High School Art Competition. And in my region, I've produced over a dozen winners in a small rural school. And I attribute that to the art healing aspect of the classroom and that that identity exploration. And I really thrive on that. It's what keeps me rooted in staying in education. I think it's therapy for these kids. Absolutely. That's what's amazing about it is I'm just looking at it as amazing therapy that helps them maybe get through something or be able to talk about something they're dealing with and be able to just voice it in any way. Yes. And if we think about it for teens, especially, it can be hard to say what they want to say Yeah, for sure. And because of being able to put it into their art, they might never speak it, but it's, it's there in their art. Uh, a lot of the times creative kids can also struggle with communication or face-to-face, not, not all the time, but sometimes. And so when people see their art, they, they connect to those kids and other youth will see their art and go, wow, I had no idea. I I'm feeling similar. I also make them write artist statements with their work. And so, cause sometimes you have no idea what's going on. You can theorize, <laughs> right. You can critique the art, but getting the chance to read their artist statements is really empowering as an art educator because they're so raw with me and they'll tell me stories about their life. And I think it's really beautiful that they trust me with that, but also just trust the fact that they're sharing this with the world, knowing that it's going to be okay to, to let your identity uh, go, just let it shine. And we want to teach that with our youth. We we want them to feel confident in who they are. And even if they're different, that doesn't mean they're any less valued, whatever they create, no matter the skill set, because different youth are going to be at different skill sets, right? And I recognize that, but I try to encourage them, even if you feel like you're at you know, point A versus a different student who can naturally pick up on art very easily. I think that there's a place for everybody in the classroom and they can succeed regardless of somebody who has the top-notch skill development, but you can also succeed if you trust in the process and just be real and raw, regardless of where you're at, uh, you can thrive in art. You don't have to be the perfect Picasso to still have a voice and make amazing art. Right. 
Right. They are so lucky to have you as their teacher to encourage this. I love this so much. Thank you. It's, I will say education is not always the easiest thing, especially post COVID mental health has been a big thing regarding adolescents, especially. And I feel as though getting the chance to keep them creating has really helped. And not every day is rainbows and sunshine in the classroom. But I think if you have a passion and you know your why, and for me, I think back to now when I was a kid and I'm like, that's my why. And so I've kind of taken a little bit more of a extended approach where I have been thinking about how can I help other youth, not just in my classroom? How can I extend this, this feeling of, well, you're not alone and I don't want any child to feel alone. And that's where the outreach has broadened a little bit beyond the classroom. So what are you doing now? It's, it's my heart camp. It's my campaign. It's my baby. It's my passion project. It's called sketchbooks for kids. And it's a grassroots effort to provide sketchbooks to youth in need, youth that are coming from difficult home lives, trauma, abuse, recovery, uh, financial hardship, domestic violence, whatever they're going through. I want them to know that they are valued and I want them to try to use their creativity and turn that into something tangible, productive, something where they can learn about themselves and have that little go-to in a time of need. And I think back to when I had my sketchbook as a kid, And if a child doesn't have something as simple as a sketchbook, that's a big deal to me because sometimes they they just need a release. And I also think about the many students who've come into my room, my classroom, asking me for a sketchbook. And I always had extras in, in my room with materials because I know some of them Uh, are coming from homes where there might not be a lot of money. And so I give them that sketchbook and it's also an inspiration from that. And I'm thinking in my head, well, I know this isn't the only school. I know these aren't the only kids that want this. And so I've been luckily able to gather donations from businesses as well as um, just patrons, anyone can, can donate to my sketchbooks for kids campaign. And I've had some really gracious donors to, who have donated art supplies. And so I create those little sketchbook sets in a little material pouch. They get some really nice drawing pencils and blending stumps for the younger kids. Cause I try to do elementary students as well as high school. They get color pencils. Sometimes I put some really fun erasers in there just to make them smile. It might be a little koala bear or an ice cream cone, just something lighthearted. And I provide those sketchbook sets to counselors, to family advocates, or to organizations in foster care. And they pass out those sketchbooks to whoever they feel needs it. And so it's a little bit of a ripple effect. I prep them. And then the people that know those kids most divvy them out. Wow. Wow. That is amazing. It's been really great. Yeah. yeah. We've donated 500 so far. My goal wow. is to get to 2000. 
Oh my goodness. And so do you have a way for people to contact you if they want to donate or help out with this? Yes. So you can actually follow sketchbooks for kids on Instagram. Okay. And on the Instagram main page, the bio page of sketchbooks for kids, you can click on the link and you can purchase the art supplies on the Amazon wish list that's linked. And so whatever you buy on that wish list will get sent directly to me. So you can be in control of, hey, I want to send Rachel 10 sketchbooks. You know that what you're buying will go 100% to that. I've also had businesses uh, send money to my Venmo, which is just Rachel Betterly. But however people feel comfortable doing it, I, I will take either way, whether it's through the Amazon wish list or through Venmo. Oh my goodness. How long have you been doing this? I'm going to say six months. Oh my Six goodness. months. It's this very new. new. For 2023. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. You're just yeah. getting started, but it, it is started. so needed. And if we think about it, sketchbooks in general are the start of every artist's journey, which is why in my classroom, I give every youth a sketchbook. If we think about it, these kids what, regardless of if it's painting or they like to do digital art, they might not have access to their devices. Right. It might have broke or they got it taken away. They might have not have access to Wi-Fi. And so that sketchbook and those supplies, they're going to be there regardless. It's easy. And yeah. it's also something that a lot of people are really receptive to. And it's grown so fast because of the receptiveness of people really welcoming the idea. That to me has been the best thing about it because I was very nervous about, well, how am I going to get so many supplies and it's so expensive. And so I knew it would be a campaign that would would require a lot of work, but because of people just wanting to donate and saying, hey, we support art, we support healing, you want to support your kids? We want to support youth. It's it's been amazing. Sketchbooks have gone out to Utah now. We've gone to Hawaii, Georgia, and Florida. And we're working on Alaska right now to a very rural location. I really like to donate to rural schools and foster cares specifically because they're going to have a harder time getting access to those supplies um, versus inner city. But that doesn't mean I won't donate there as well. Right. right. For anyone out there who's just unsure of what to do or if they're struggling with their mental health or if they know a a child struggling to encourage them to create, encourage that whatever it may be, it could be photography, playing music, writing, podcasting, pottery, whatever it may be, really lean into the creative process and just know that creating is not just about a product healing is the ultimate form of expression that you're going to gain and you really can't lose. And it doesn't matter your age. It's arts for everybody. It really is. And when you really lean in the process, trust the process, we're not about perfection, but trust the process and have fun with it. And and don't lose sight of that because it's, it's really important. Your mental health matters. And uh, I just want to encourage that always, always create. Oh, 
And I love how you brought that up about the different ways to create because I am not an artist, but I'm a writer, mm-hmm. you know, and so I, or I can doodle, you know, things like that. And that's yeah. okay too. So I love this. I, you can just need to get it out, create something and it can be anything. And so that's great advice. Yes. Whatever it may be, it could be through your fashion. It could be through interior designing in your home. It can be, I find artistry, even with how you play with children, like it is really no limit to the idea of creating. And so definitely think outside the box and know that everybody has something. Yes. So much. And and that's how we find our passion too, is just find something we're good at and just keep doing that, you know, and that's when we find our purpose. So I love the encouragement of just try something. You might be good at it and you might find your purpose and passion. And if you felt that you're not good at it, well, that's going to lead you to something that you ultimately are going to find something that you are good at it. You just have to trust, like I said, trust the process. Yeah. And you aren't going to be good the first time maybe. So keep trying it too. Don't give up. It's okay. But even if you feel like you're not very good at it, we we can step it back to going on the pottery wheel. That's really, really hard. It's hard. But that doesn't mean people don't find enjoyment in just simply doing it. Yeah. Well, and I think about weightlifting, I started doing weightlifting. That's really hard, you know, but I find so much enjoyment and I'm getting better at it the more I keep doing it. So sometimes it's hard to do something. It doesn't mean you have to quit. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much. You've enlightened me today and I love what you're doing. So thank thank you. Yes. Thank you so much for helping me shine a light on sketchbooks for kids and, and what I do in art in general. I, I'm very thankful for people like you who want to shine a light on the positive things that are happening in the world. We need more of that. And I appreciate you so much. Oh, thank you. And I appreciate you using your gifts after going through something so traumatic and how you're changing, you're stopping it and you're not letting it stop you. And I just am very proud of you. So good job. Yes, exactly. Speak up, speak your truth. You are going to find that it is brighter on the other side. If you have something that you need to say, you've been holding it in, don't hold it in. Tell it to the people that matter. You're going to find so much growth. I know it. Yeah. Oh, so well said. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you. have enjoyed spending this time with you. You might have a friend struggling with the same thing that we talked about in this episode that might enjoy listening to this too. So please share this episode because no one is alone at the lemonade stand.